Hey, this is Rachel Bowen from Skid Row, and you are watching CMS TV. Yeah. I'm Chris Aiken, and man, it, it is a throwback day for me, a uh, band that I have loved since the very early 90s, one of my, one of my favorites um, from that era, used to actually do, uh, do two or three of their songs in my band back when I was pretending I was a musician. Uh, the band, of course, was Ugly Kid Joe. They have a brand new release called Rad Wings of Destiny. It is a it's a cool but very different release from them. And here to talk all about it is the guitarist of the band. It is a Klaus Eichstad. Klaus, how are you, man? Great. Great Good. to be here. Great to have you here, man. And like I said, man, uh, Rad Wings of Destiny, very cool record. Definitely different for people that are, you know, have been following along. It's it's definitely the most, at least in my head, it's the most rock and roll record you guys have ever done oh, okay. and and a little a little less metallic than you guys usually are but um let, let's true. start yeah. there man let's uh tell me about this album and you know why why it is uh, somewhat of a of a left turn for you guys um you know as you get older you turn down the distortion that's just <laughs> what happens man <laughs> next thing you know it'll be all acoustic <laughs> piano um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of it is, too, that we we sort of, in a way, we're talking about that. I remember at one point doing something that sounded kind of like the old records of the 70s, um, something we've all been big fans of. Um, so we I don't think we were that deliberate about it. We had about maybe 15 songs and you end up with the 10 songs that you you do. The other ones kind of die off. And this is what you end up with. And these are the ones. And um, they happen to be kind of like a few that are more of that sort of old school rock sound. Um, classic rock and roll, I guess you could say, which is actually weird to even say the word classic rock because when I grew up, classic rock was like 60s music, you right. know? Elvis. And now <laughs> we're actually classic rock. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So Klaus, at this point in, in you guys' career, you know, you guys take a good little while in between records. It's been, I think, six or seven years since uh, right. since the last one. Uh, what is it at this point that, that brings you back together to do Ugly Kid Joe? Do you does somebody just get the urge or does somebody have a bunch of songs and you guys, you know, discuss it or what, what specifically brings you back together? Wow. That, that's literally what it is. It's like someone gets the urge. Someone has some songs, a few phone calls are made, a few demos are sent. And, um, you know, Witt definitely had the urge and he had songs and then he reached out and then I'll have to say, I, I, I didn't have any songs at that, at that <laughs> moment in time. And, but I was like, well, shit, you oh yeah i can write some songs and we started going through old demos and also writing new ones and the next thing you know we're all sending we're all excited you know it kind of takes one person and in this case is wit to sort of ignite the the fire and then everybody starts to starts to work and the next thing you know we're sending demos to each other 
and we're setting up studio time, you know, but it is, you know, we do all live in different parts of the world sometimes. So it's a little more difficult than in the old days when we all lived in the same town and pretty much at that point, point in life, that was all we were doing, you know? Sure. Now, what, what is it for, for you specifically? What is it that you're doing? Are you still doing music stuff or, you know, in between, in between being an ugly kid, Joe, are you a, I don't know, a carpenter or a painter or what, what do you uh, do in between? I'm a little, I'm a jack of all trades. Yes, I do carpentry and painting, but it's <laughs> usually around my place and I do have a rental and I, I design t-shirts and I okay. do write music uh, for fun and for hopefully to eventually end up on a record somewhere. And, um, you know, I know, uh, also, you know, having kids is, is a big, big part of my life. And so a lot of things, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of little things that add up. Sure. <laughs> a little of this and that adds up. Sure. Does it, does it make coming back to music that much more difficult? Because yeah, you know, you, you have such a, you have a re- a real life outside of the music life and and you know anybody that's ever followed anybody in music knows when you get active you get active and you're away from home and you're away from family and you know it really impacts greatly so is it is it difficult to switch back and forth no i i we are we usually do tour every year so we're kind of used to the routine of that at least okay of of leaving for between two weeks and two months at a time, a couple times a year. So that's kind of become relatively routine. Obviously COVID changed everything for two years, but before and now hopefully that we were kind of used to that. And so was my family. And so was, you know, uh, each guy and, you know, so you get used to that and it's kind of nice. It's a nice balance. I think it, it's, it would be hard to be like touring all the time, you know, like, like we used to in the old days, we would tour like all the time for months and months we'd end up with the u.s have a two-week break and then we go to europe and go to australia it was like then go into the studio it was like you know all the time and that it that would be taxing but we actually are in a really great position where you know we love to try to come go to europe in the summer we're, we're talking about doing the states so we're you know we've done brazil and australia so here and there though you know it's not like mm-hmm. we smash it all in a year so so yeah it's 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 kind of become pretty routine and, and, and easy to handle in the last, let's say five, six years that we've gotten kind of used to it. Okay. Excellent. Now um, with, with writing the material, how difficult is it to manipulate you guys' schedules to actually concentrate on writing material? And I, and I guess I'm specifically pointing at Shannon, who's always busy with, you know, Godsmack as well. Right. You know, is, is it difficult to put material together and write and, and record or, or, or not really at all? It, well, yeah, there, there's some, you got to figure it out. Like with Shannon, it is tricky in particular because he is very busy. And um, what I think in his case, we actually had him and Zach play on this record. And it was kind of because of that, you know, we would have just said, hey, Shannon, can you, it's almost like, hey, which one of you guys can do it, right? right. And if Shannon can do it, we always want him to do it, right? So he said, I can do it for two days. So he'll little show up for two days and do as many songs as he you know, that he feels that he can do or that he would like to do or whatever it may be that we feel oh, this song would be a perfect Shannon song or he'll actually like listen to some of them. was like, Oh, I want to play on that, you know? And so we're like, come on down and play on it. And so, yes, there, it, it, it's harder to lock someone like that down for a whole solid month when, I mean, we don't like pay each other to show up at the studio. You know, that's like our, you just got to sh- hopefully show up and do it. And hopefully at some point you'll make money, but I'm just, you know what I mean? It's not like we can just mm-hmm. hire him. And so, um, but he's always 
able when he's when he's able he's willing he's willing and you know what i mean (laughs) if he can do it he always does it he's the raddest and he will always show up and he'll slay it and we usually get some great uh takes out of it and um and it, but it is hard. Yeah. And, and like, again, you know, with, with the travel too, like everybody lives from Florida to, to England, to LA, to wherever in the world wit is, it's always this like huge logistical uh, nightmare to deal with, but it, 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 it's been working out so far. Sure. Yeah. You, you mentioned wit and wherever he is. And I find that right. funny. I, I know when I, when I chatted with him once, he had told me he had just gotten back from two months of backpacking in the mountains somewhere, somewhere around the globe. I, wow. I, I don't know how in the world you guys even keep up with this guy. You know, I mean, he's, he seems like he's always on the go somewhere. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think he stays anywhere longer than a year is probably his maximum. <laughs> and usually it's more like three months. Yeah, that, that's just crazy, man. Well, dude, let's get into Rad Wings of Destiny um, because, I, you know, I, I definitely, like, like I said, it's a, it's a cool record, but it's definitely a rock record. It is not, yeah. it's not, you know, goddamn devil or stuff like that right. anymore. It's, it's definitely a different vibe that you guys went for. A um, lot of cool tunes on it. Um, I, I wanted to start with um, Not Like the Other as which okay. is probably my standout tune personally. I, oh, cool. I just okay. really like that tune. Um, tell me a little bit about that one and about specifically about the musical arrangement to that song. Cause it seems like that's, and this could just be me being a fan overlooking at things, but it just seems like that's a much more musical track than pretty much anything on the record. You know, that's it. Okay. That is a, as a wit, like I remember we were kind of working on it. He said, I had this idea for the song, bring an acoustic over and we um, worked on it and, you know, he, he wanted that anthemic, you know, anthemic, yeah. I don't know, anthemic, anthemic, anthemic. what is the word? Anthemic yeah. <laughs> song. And, but he had like three or four parts and I, and he's like, and then I've got this part and then I've got this part and I'm like, oh, and I was kind of getting overwhelmed, but I got, but they all kind of worked together. So that was kind of a tricky arrangement, but there in steps Dave Fortman, when we actually really got into pre-production, you know, Dave is, a producer and he was like picking apart the parts like you know let's try this there let's try that there so and we kept going and we kept liking every part and then even new parts were written like the bridge and it just kept going and we're like oh this is turning into one of those songs like you said it's like it's not just a verse and a chorus and then a lead or a breakdown or a bridge it's just like whoa there's a few parts here and you know we kind of joke we're like God, we never really have that many parts to our songs you know sure and um uh, we kind of went for, we just, it was, you know, that was a lot of work in the sense that we were trying a lot of different things and we kept going and kept going. And, and it was really fun at the end because, oh my gosh, I remember at one point we were working out the lead part, that little weird breakdown. And it was just, we had like 20 different versions of it. We re-edited it so many damn times and we went, you know, we've had it like 20 edits of the way the arrangement was. And we ended up going to back to like edit number three out of like 25, you know, like it was just a (laughs) lot of back and forth because we had recorded a lot of it and we were just trying to figure out when we demoed it. So yeah, it was a lot of work in terms of arranging, you know, sure. Definitely. Now, now, um, Klaus, one tune that, um, you guys chose to share, you know, share with people before the album comes out is, uh, that ain't living very AC DC. Like if, 
you know, yeah. which is is very cool, you know, and and I'm sure you as a guitarist love just doing that straight up riffing, yeah, of course. You, yeah. you know, so tell me a little bit about that song and about the video. Um, the song, again, was a wit mouth riff. And we're like, oh, that's cool. So we, uh, he actually, I think he first demoed it with his other, he's in a band called Yellow Cake, part, right. you know, sometimes with a guy named Jeff Curran, who's actually played on this record. Really great guitar player plays left-handed but upside down the weirdest thing oh, ever wow. <laughs> yeah so plays a he plays left-handed but with a right-handed strung guitar so his high strings are on top oh, so wow. it's a trip watching him play but he also <laughs> does some really unique stuff but anyway they were like hanging out in mallorca spain in a parking garage that this guy had like had a little like jam room in a parking garage and you know with mouth with that tomb and they had set up a microphone and they found that the dude who had the room was a drummer some guy that lived in mallorca that they probably met at a bar hey you want to jam let's jam and they recorded you know jeff playing that riff and with singing that that main uh, vocal and we went from there so that that's how that song was born i think it was kind of born in mallorca and um and that what was that other oh yeah why oh the video was a Gosh, you know what? Honestly, that was again all wit. He just he finds people and he talks to them, and he's like, "You make videos, let's do this." And um, you know, he started just we we actually did that video. This is how we did it. The dude's like, "Listen, I'll do a, a what do you call it, a, a um, lyric video," but wit's like, "Yeah, but the thing is, you know, we're not like all going to be in the same place ever, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the only time is when we tour and you come out and film us, and that we don't know when that's gonna, we got to do this now." So he's like, "Get just tell all the dudes get the green screen." set up their iPhone, get a tripod. And, you know, I think, uh, grab our, our manager, like sent me the whole, like, this is what you need to do. And we all did it. We just, I went Amazon green screen. You clip it up on the, on the wall. Right. Behind you. you fucking, you know, you look in the mirror. Okay. I look cool. I guess. And then you put the phone and you try. And then I recorded the whole thing and I'm thinking it's great, but I was cranking it because you want to crank it to get into right. it. And my speakers were shaking the tripod. So the whole video is like shake 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 <laughs> shake i'm like because <laughs> i did like five takes with the shake and i'm like oh god i'll do it all over again turn it way down anyway that's <laughs> uh, yeah green screen man they're pretty cool hell yeah it is never know man we were literally all in i mean who knows who was using a samsung who was using a camcorder who was using the uh iphones probably mostly iphones but it's amazing what you can do yeah. Yeah. It's a different world we're living in, man. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, dude, why don't we take a break here? We'll let people see a little bit of that ain't living. Uh, we'll, we'll play the video and then we'll come back with some more with um, Ugly Kid Joe guitars, Klaus Eichstad right here on Chris Aiken Presents. What you trying to prove?
That Ain't Living right here on Chris Aiken Presents Ugly Kid Joe, new release called Rad Wings of Destiny. It is a, it is a great release that you definitely want to check out. And we are talking with guitarist Klaus Eichstad to find out all about it and everything that's going on with Ugly Kid Joe. And Klaus, I, I got to tell you, man, just as a fan, I've always thought that you guys is, um, you guys is, you had the six, you had the big success, obviously with, you know, everything about you and neighbor and, you know, the first two re releases that you did. I personally th always thought the best releases that you did were the third and fourth records were oh, menace okay. and motel, especially menace. Menace is just awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's my go-to even today fr nice. from you guys. Looking back at those uh, at the uh, third and fourth releases, what do you think it was that did not allow the band to have the same success as with the first two releases? Oh, okay. So that's a great question because for one, we made a total metal record, right? right. And uh, we kind of, you know, Shannon had just joined the band. We already were feeling that, I guess you could say the hate, you know, like we were overexposed. We had this annoying song and then we had a cover song made it too big too fast whatever you want to say you know people talking shit about the band and like whatever and and then also you've got this huge change in music where you know the grunge thing came in uh -huh. and you know we, we kind of like well we're kind of grunge like we got heavy songs and we don't we're not glam you know we're, we are kind of like wait, wait but we're not why are you saying we're like that you know but it, it was this weird change in music right that was happening and so we kind of knew it was going to be kind of a a slippery slope for us um you know being what maybe was dubbed as a humor rock band early on um and of the van halen-ish kind of like party rock vibe that we kind of had when we first got got out and that shit all died right right around then so we kind of knew but and then we do the record and we're like well you know fuck it let's just do a do what we want and make a total metal record not worry about like you know what are we gonna do try to do a we weren't really chasing any hits or anything like that. And, and maybe that was foolish of us, but it was what we wanted to do at the time. And remember we're young and we want to play a, do a metal record and you get someone like Shannon who just joins the band. Who's like arguably one of the greatest heavy metal drummers in the world. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not just saying that I and mean, he's Godsmack's drummer, but you know, I think people that have seen him and heard him, they know. Right. And so we're like blown away by having this dude join our band. And we're just like, you know, we were kind of just really psyched to do a super heavy record. And, you know, there wasn't any real, I wouldn't even say that there was much radio potential even. I mean, there's a few songs, Milkman's Son did really good in Europe, but I think we already knew that we were kind of on that, it happened to a lot of bands that downslide in the US in particular. Mm -hmm. And luckily enough, we did have some success in, in Europe with that record. And we got to tour with Bon Jovi and Van Halen and he was selling out every freaking stadium we went <laughs> and it was like <laughs> holy crap like we kind of like just dodged that uh, are we gonna go back to just playing in front of 500 people no we're actually going on an arena tour and with our absolute heroes van halen so uh it was kind of a it was an interesting time for the band for sure sure for you as a guitar player what was that like to stand next to eddie van halen watching him play every night i mean the greatest one of the best experiences of my life i'm it was, it, he was so freaking nice and he would come, our dressing rooms were next to Van Halen's, you know, cause it was mainly Van Halen. It was like Bon Jovi, little Steven, Van Halen, I look at Joe and ours happened to be next to Van Halen. And Eddie came in to our dressing room, every show, 
right after we played and just with his guitar warming up. I mean, this dude literally, I mean, that's how I learned how to play guitar. I, I listened to, I had four, four copies of, I had gone through four copies of the first Van Halen one due from like either wearing out the tape or I dropped something on the, on the vinyl and it broke, bought a new one. So I bought it four times in like less than a year. I mean that it was literally my guitar lessons. That was it. So to me, that meant a lot. And he was super nice. And even he, you know, I was kind of nervous at first to meet someone that is that much of my hero. And then the second he started talking, I was like, Oh, he's just a dude. He was so nice and so humble. And so he knows he's Eddie Van Halen. He doesn't need to, <laughs> right. You know, he knows where me and Dave, are, any guitar player of that era would have, he knows the guitar players are our fans, but he didn't, treat us like that he just was like treated us just like another guy on the tour and was really nice and fun to talk to and you know what an honor to have him kind of come in and ask us about how was the crowd how was the show you know this is a trippy place isn't it or whatever it may be and uh yeah so it was one of the best experiences of my life for sure no question man well dude um obviously you have this new record rad wings of destiny i'm sure you're planning to go out and and promote it and tour it uh what are the touring plans for the new record we're leaving in about two and a half weeks we go to europe or uk i should say for about two weeks okay and then we i just saw that we booked some festival in the summer and then we're there's talk about coming to the states and you know i don't know if canada is involved or not but i think there's some talk about coming to the states uh, which would be really, we haven't toured the States in a long time. We've played yeah. a show here and there, but we haven't toured. Excellent. Well, it sounds all good. Um, the new record is called Rad Wings of Destiny. It is Ugly Kid Joe. And uh, Klaus, uh, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thank you. from all the shows and there is no need none to listen to commercial radio or satellite radio for music or commentary anymore if you're a fan of metal then we've got you covered no matter what style of metal it is you're looking for the cms radio network offers four channels featuring all the best heavy metal music commentary laughs and even dirty humor Get your laughs and commentary daily, minutely, minutely. That's right, I made up a new word. Minutely on the CMS 24-7 channel featuring over 25 years of the best stuff from the Classic Metal Show. 
Hair Metal, it's alive and well on Hairball John Radio. Do you like the rock and metal of the 90s on forward? As well as shows like the Joe Elliott Show, Eddie Trunk, Dee Snyder, and of course the classic metal show? Then you need to be tuned in to KRFK Radio. Are you a fan of the more desert slash stoner rock and metal? As well as the greatest thrash ever created? It's alive and well right now on Seismic Sounds Radio. If you're in your car, you're at home, or you're even at work, we've got you covered with the CMS Radio Network. Visit us today at www.cmsradio.net.